You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. So we've been teaching for the last few weeks, uh, as we are focusing on the family, been teaching on the family and, and more specifically this month, how to develop a legacy of faith, that your faith and the principles that you walk in will go from generation to generation to generation. We were sitting down today with my oldest grandchildren, uh, Righteous and Alina. And so Alina, she's only she's going to eighth grade. Righteous going into what sixth grade. And but but like we did with our children, we 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 don't wait till you're in senior year in high school to start talking about college. We start talking about college right now. We always want them thinking that way, thinking higher education. That's something I want passed on in our family. And so uh, I was asking, well, have you thought about what you're going to, what, what college do you want to go to? And uh, Alina says, well, I, I probably want to go someplace here in South Carolina. And not, it, don't, it doesn't have to be in Columbia, but I want to somewhere in South Carolina. I said, okay. So we said, well, state school or somewhere in South Carolina, as righteous where he wants to be um, or where he wants to be. He says, I have no idea. He's in sixth grade. Like, please back up off me. He said, I have no idea. And so his great is uh, his great aunt, Pastor Mark's assistant, said to him, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and, and before he could say anything, I said, I already know your answer. I want to be a man of God. I want to be the third generation uh, pastor of Right Direction Church International. And he just started laughing, okay? Uh, but we're talking about passing on a legacy of faith. How do you go from, to get it from go to from one generation to the next generation? So we start talking about how you do that so you can have what Paul said Timothy had in 2 Timothy 1 and 5. He says, when I call to remembrance, the unfeigned, sincere, unadulterated, non-hypocritical uh, faith that is in thee, which was first in your grandmother, Lois, it was in your mother Eunice. And thirdly, I'm persuaded it's in you. He said, you have a third generation impartation of the spirit of faith that was in your grandmother, your mother, and I'm persuaded in you. Now, his mother's side were people of faith. His father's side were Greeks, meaning probably that they were not believers in Jesus Christ. Okay, how that happened. Well, his mother, his grandmother actually believed to be what's called a, a Jewish, meaning somebody who had converted to Judaism. Okay, uh, and then now, or even through Paul, now is, if, if you allow me to say, has the update, and that is that Jesus Christ is now the Messiah. And so Paul says it's in three generations. And so we said, how do we, how do we perpetuate uh, our faith? And, uh, and I believe in minimum, we should be perpetuating each of us to three, at least three generations. Our life should affect three generations. And I get that from, from the, um, uh, the scripture that says a good man personally leaves an inheritance to his children's children, to his, in his generation, his children, and then his grandchildren. That's at least three generations. You should impact your generation, your children's generation, and make an impact at least to a third generation to your grandchildren. So I call that a next generation man. I believe every man, every person should be a next generation. In that context, really talks about a man leaving an inheritance. And we always talk about it 
related to finances, but really when you look at the scripture, it's even talking about even beyond finances. Uh, one translation says an inheritance of goodness and moral stability, at least to the third generation. Amen. So how do you perpetuate this legacy of faith? And reviewing real quick, we said, number one, speak the blessing over them. Speak the blessing over your children, just like uh, just like Jacob did over his sons, whether it was like Isaac did when he, when even though Jacob stole it from Esau, he spoke the blessing over him. And then he didn't, he spoke a, he spoke a blessing even over, over Esau that if he lived by the sword, he could gain the advantage, even though he didn't, didn't look like he had the advantage over his brother. Number two, we say that you should lay hands on your children, pray over them, bless them and anoint them. Bless them and anoint them. Just like Moses, uh, he told, uh, Moses tells, uh, they brought Aaron and his son before the Eliezer, the priest, and before the, and he laid their hands on them. He gave them a charge. He brought Aaron and his sons so that the, the inheritance of the anointing could be perpetuated to the next generation. And then we even saw uh, that Joshua, according to Deuteronomy 34, 9, that Joshua had the spirit of wisdom. Why? Because Moses laid his hands on him. We saw that Mark 10, 14 through 16 says that Jesus picked the children up, took them in his arms, and he laid his hands on them. So lay your hands on your children and speak the blessing of the Lord over your children. Number three, we say you, we need to, you should teach with your words. Teach with your words. Teach your children scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is given by God and is profitable. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Okay? So you need to teach your children the scriptures. You are responsible as a parent to teach the scriptures to your children, not just expect the Sunday school teacher to do it and the children's workers to do it and the youth workers to do it. You are responsible for teaching the scripture to your children. And what happens at church should be a reinforcement of what they first gotten at home. I'm talking about the godly parents, the Christian parents. Number four, we said you need to teach with your life. That's talking about your deeds and your behavior. Your life should be a living example. In other words, live a godly life before your children. Because what you do and how you live is both taught and caught. It's both taught and caught. It's taught by what you say, but it's caught by how you live. And you don't want to have conflict between how you, what you say and how you live. We want to have con conflict between what you teach and how you behave. So what you do and how you live is both taught and caught. And I think uh, that that's, I, I left off with Philippians 4 and 9 regarding that. And Paul says this to, to the Philippian church. And I believe every leader and every parent should be able to quote this scripture and live out this principle to those who are following you. Philippians 4 and 9, he says, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me these do, and the God of peace will be with you. He said, do what you see me doing. Follow my example, and you'll be blessed. And you will be blessed. Okay? I tithe. Okay? People can say they want to say, I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But, man, I, I want, 
I want my children to do what I what I have done so they can have what I have. Okay? So I want them to follow my example. Uh, the Bible says, obey them to have the rule over you. And it says, whose faith follow? Seeing the end of their conversation. That means seeing their lifestyle. Seeing a life well lived. You, be, you ought to be able to say that to your children. Let, let's move on today. Okay? Uh, I'm not sure if I got these last week, but you also need to pass on your life lessons and revelation, things that you've learned from the Lord, things that God has taught you in your secret place. Pass those things on to the Lord. And Deuteronomy 29 and 29 says, the secret things belong to the Lord. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. So when God reveals something, pass those revelations onto your children. Things that God has spoken to you, that things that, that God has shared with you, what lesson that you learned that were even beyond maybe what, when I say beyond, I don't mean contrary, but beyond just the thing that you heard in a book or, or read in a book or heard somebody say, these are things that God showed me, those rhema revelations. Those things that you heard from God, that God's passed those things on to you, onto the Lord. Okay. For example, you've heard me say, this ain't in the scripture, but you heard me say, the Lord told me that I would never go broke by blessing my wife. Okay. So whenever I think about buying something, my wife, then I'm like, am I going to have, I don't want to put this on a credit card, then then not be able to pay for it. The Lord reminds me, He promised me I would never go broke by, by blessing my wife. Now, that's a revelation God gave me. Now, everybody can't say that about their wives. But there were there are different things that the Lord showed me. The Lord, you've heard me say, the Lord spoke to me and told me never receive an offering for myself. That was a rhema word. The Lord spoke to me and told me, in terms of preaching and teaching, a lot of these things are things that I pass on to channel. Pastor Chandler now, I said, the Lord told me never preach a message to manipulate the people to get them to do what you want them to do. You preach and teach message because I tell you to teach it and preach it, not message to try to manipulate people to line up to do what you want them to do. I tried that and I'm going to empty out my church and we went from 60 to 20. Well, thank God. I, thank God I had 60 and went down to 20 rather than having 600 and went down to 200. Okay. Somebody says all relative. No, it wouldn't have been relative. That would be a big difference today. And so there are things that God will speak to you. You need to share those revelations onto your children. The secret things belong to God. The things which are revealed belong to us and to our children. Make sure you are sharing the realm of revelation that God has given you to your children. Because if your faith is going to be multi-generational legacy of faith, then there's some things that you got to be deliberate and intentional to pass on. Amen. And so we start talking about things that you pass on. Number one, we said you pass on also the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord means teach your children to reverence God. Teach your children to fear the Lord, which means to acknowledge the Lord and honor the Lord. Teach them Proverbs 3 and 6 that says, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. So even though we were talking to our grandchildren today who are not getting ready to go to college, they, they worried about middle school, and I'm sure my 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 uh, now new teenage uh, oldest granddaughter, old, only granddaughter so far. Okay, uh, I'm I'm sure you know she just what what's what's the eighth grade is gonna be like? You know, I'm at the top of uh, I'm at the top of uh, uh, middle school now. Okay, um, but I'm I'm sure I'm sure she's not thinking about so much about the future. But we started 
talking about the future. And then we even started saying things like this. Think about what you want to do and then be prayerful about asking God where he wants to take you, what 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 he wants you to do with your life. What are we teaching them? To acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he'll direct your path. And you, you need to start teaching that early. There are some decisions, I really believe this, y'all, listen to me. There are some decisions uh, that is not so critical that you make it for your child, as uh, even in, even as a younger, as 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 is to um, guide them and teach them to well, pray about that. Pray about that. My son Chandler, he did that with with my granddaughter Alina. You know, for uh, she about three or four years or something, she was involved in gymnastics. She was she was involved in gymnastics. Then she, uh, all of a sudden, she she didn't want to play. She didn't want to do gymnastics anymore. We invest a lot of money in gymnastics. Y'all know me. I, I already saw her at the Olympics. Okay, she she was going to be in the next uh, Simone Biles <laughs> or at least Gabby Douglas, right? And uh, and and she said she kept saying and and so you know um, you know and gymnastics one of those tough sports. You got got to be something you want to do, not something you're making kids do. And we know how that turns out. Okay, and so uh, I remember Chandler said he said. He said, well, Lena, we're not going to make this decision right now. I want you to pray about it. And he told her that over a couple of weeks. And finally, she came, she came and she said, Dad, I prayed about it. And I believe God uh, that, I, I, you know, she's, she's what, 13 now? So at the time, I guess she was probably 11, probably about two years ago. And she said, Dad, I prayed about it. And, and, I, and I just feel like I feel on the inside that uh uh, I don't want to do gymnastics anymore. And God wants me to do something else. And so she's been playing soccer ever since. But it's, I think it's important to teach your children to acknowledge God. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Teach your children to fear the Lord. Because when you fear the Lord, you seek the Lord. And when you seek the Lord, here's a promise to those who seek God. Psalm 34 and 10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord who knows the Lord, go to God, ask God to direct you, shall not want any good thing. Another word for that word want is lack. If we seek the Lord, let him lead us and guide us, we will not lack. Amen. Secondly, I want you to, to pass on the legacy of faith, share your testimony. Um, share your testimony. Let, like God told the children of Israel when they came across the Jordan, Joshua 4, 6, and 7, he said, make this memorial, put 12 stones representing the 12 tribes when you come across the Jordan. And he says in Joshua 4 and 6 that when your children ask their fathers in the future, in time to come, what mean ye by these stones? Why are these here? Tell them how God held the waters back and allowed you to come across the Jordan on that dry land. Are y'all listening to me? Share your testimony. Let them know it hasn't always been like this. God opened up doors for me. I didn't know how we were going to do this. We used to laugh. We didn't have this. We didn't know we were going to do this. But God opened up doors. Y'all, we're riding back today and Pastor, from breakfast, and Pastor Martin and her sister, you know, Pastor Martin and her sister, they are sharing, they are sharing stuff I don't know why she forgot. I guess she didn't forgot to tell me. But her sister, who's nine years older than her, they share. They were sharing how they, when they were, how when they were um, kids, the thing they used to have to do to make food spread. Okay, I didn't know this. Said they used to put water in the spaghetti sauce. Okay, uh, to make 
to, to make the spaghetti sauce spread. And Marcia said, Marcia said, for years I put water in spaghetti sauce to make it spread. She said, I thought that's how we made spaghetti. I said, wow. I said, that's why in the early days it tastes like it did or didn't taste like it, like it shouldn't, like it should have tasted, okay? And my, my grandchildren are hearing this, okay? And, uh, and, and, and they were talking about how, how they had to make food spread. And they talk about they were talking about those the, that even for some some of you southerners cannot relate to this, but for that they would have ham for like a special for Christmas or Thanksgiving. But the ham was the canned ham. Y'all remember the canned ham that you had to open up with the key? I remember that. And that if that key if that thing broke, boy, it was it was it was it was a major crisis. How you gonna get that can that can of ham open? Okay, they were talking about that. My kids, my grandkids don't know nothing about ham, but we don't really eat ham like that. We don't eat pork like that in our family. Okay, uh, but they don't know anything about that. But we got to share those testimonies. And I said to my sister, I said, I said, hearing all this here, but when, when y'all was kids, it helps me understand why we got more food in my house now uh, than all of us going to need to go through the apocalypse. Okay, because Pastor Marcia, of where she came from, she want to make sure we ain't running out of food no more. Because the Lord bringeth thee to a good land. But as you go through things, let your children know your testimonies. Let them know what God has done to you. Let them know where God has brought you from, so they don't just take the blessing of the Lord for granted. That's what David did in First Chronicles twenty nine. I'm sure those younger people who gave and they gave all these billions to help to prepare so that Solomon could build the temple. But David in First Chronicles 29, he said, God, we were we were sojourners. We, we are ex-slaves. We were in an enslaved people. But look at us now. Look how we're able to give like this, all this gold and all this silver. You have blessed us. Don't forget where you came from. Y'all hear me really go off about this during Black History Month, we as African-American people. But all of us, whether you're African-American, Black, Blue, Asian, I don't care what you are, all of you have a testimony. All of us have, have things that we know God has brought us from. Now, all of us didn't come from poverty, okay? And if you didn't, praise God for you. Some, all of us didn't come from, quote, unquote, humble beginnings. My children won't be able to give that testimony like I did and, and some people. But you need, but God is the God, according to one Psalm 115, he said, the Lord will increase you more and more, you and your children. Let your children know how God has increased you even from where you started. So that they will, number one, appreciate the blessings of God, but also don't take the blessing of God for granted. Amen. Also, number three, to pass on legacy of faith, you got to impart your wisdom. The thing that you've learned, impart your wisdom. Uh, Proverbs 5 and 1, uh, Solomon writes to his son. He said, my son, attend unto my wisdom. Bow your ear to my understanding. He said, boy, I'm, I'm going to learn you something here. Tend to my wisdom. I've been down this road. I'm further than you've been. And parents of adult children, there comes a time your children will not listen to you. They, but you need to still let them know anyway. Bishop Bailey used to say to me, now, I know you're going to do what you're going to do. But let me tell you this. Or I know you 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 you, uh, you got a right to do what you're going to do, but let me give you some wisdom anyway. Don't let it be because you didn't tell them. Don't let it be because you didn't open up your mouth. If you see somebody going down the wrong path, let them know. Y'all heard the story. See, y'all get this. See, y'all remember this old joke that you tell? You know, sometimes sometimes you're trying to help people. Everybody won't listen. You know, man, the man is, uh, 
Um, he's riding, he's riding down a country road, taking us on a Sunday afternoon, his sports car and his Porsche. He got, he got the top down, hair blown in the wind. Okay. And he's got his wife there with him and he's riding around and she comes around, he, he comes around the curve. Uh, a man, man yells out, pig. And he looked and just, just before he could fully pass, he yelled back, cow, and ran right into the cow. Y'all get that? This, the story is sometimes you think somebody's talking about you and they're just trying to help you. Sometimes you're just trying to help by sharing your wisdom. The man thought that he, in it. anyway, I told you once I got explained the joke to you, it ain't funny anymore. Sometimes you got to let people know. You have to let your children know wisdom, to impart that wisdom to them. Let, let me move on here because there's some things I really want to get to today. Number four, I want you Teach your children, teach and demonstrate generosity. Teach and demonstrate generosity versus being cheap and stingy. Teach and demonstrate generosity. Yes, that starts with the church. Yes, that's that starts with tithes and offering. But listen, when your children, like our grandchildren, outwears all these meals, show them how to tip. Show them how to tip rather than saying, here's a tip. Next time I'm here, you need to respond to me quicker. Next time I ask you for some water, get it to me quicker. No. Uh, teach your children. Let them see you being generous. Teach and demonstrate generosity versus being cheap and stingy. Y'all, I know some people in, in, in my church, in our church, they, I don't know, well, They've been connected with us. They ain't really with us. They because they've been connected with us, but they ain't really with us. When they're really with us, I mean, they don't like they don't like volunteer. They ain't at church all the time. They it's those kind of people. Okay, they they're marginally connected. They they they're connected, but they're not connected. They ain't all in. There we go. Maybe that's a better way to say. That some people just not all in. When people are not all in, they will not be generous. When people are not all in, they will not be generous. Okay, and so I've watched people not who are not all in and not be generous, and they raise up kids the same way who are not all in and they're not generous. They don't believe in tithing, so kids don't believe in tithing. They don't believe in giving beyond you know for spend. So the kids do the same thing. Okay, you can't count on those people because but the generosity in one generation can produce dividends in the next generation. Let me say that again. The generosity in one generation can and should produce dividends in the next generation. In other words, there's some blessing that Chandler and Tyler and Daniel and Kendra should be walking in because of my generosity. And I've watched this. I've watched this. Y'all, um, th I'm just telling y'all, this is just the kind of person that Bishop Jakes is. So when Bishop Jakes saw that my children would get married, Bishop Jakes and Lady Jakes, they sent, they sent presents and gifts, generous, that's all I'm gonna say, to my children. When my, when my, uh, when, okay, but I, need, I need to let them know, I need to let them know about my newest grandchild. Okay, but I, uh, when when Pastor Chandler had, had had their child, what almost two years ago now, 
uh, they got this really nice gift from Bishop Jake. That ain't because of Chandler. That's because of me and my generosity. The generosity in one generation can produce generate can 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 produce uh, dividends for the next generation. So when you were generous, your children can benefit from this. Look at this, Psalm 37, 25 through 26. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, watch this, nor his descendants, I'm reading New King James, nor his descendants begging bread. Why? Because he is merciful and lends. Because he's a giver, his descendants are blessed. Oh my God. God says, I will bless your children because you're generous. Now you got people that you, you're going to drop. You, when you stop giving and stop working the principles of sowing and reaping, not only are you going to drive things up for yourself, you're going to drive things up for your children. I've been young now and old and not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants. Baking bread because he's merciful and lends. Because I'm merciful and lends, which means give generously, his descendants are blessed. If you want your descendants blessed, you be generous. Hebrews 7 and 9, which is the New Testament, talking about in current times at the time of the writing, that tithes were still being given in the New Testament. Hebrews 7 and 9, I'm reading the New Living Translation, it says this. In addition, we might even say that these Levites, the Levites was a priestly tribe of the tribe of Levi to whom they were to give the tithes. So we might even say that these Levites, the one who collected the tithe or received the tithe, look at this also, they paid a tithe to Melchizedek when the ancestor paid a tithe to him. You didn't catch this, I gotta move on. But he's saying the reason why the Levites had a right to receive the tithe is because their progenitor, Abraham, had given the tithe. In other words, they are now receiving because of Abraham's giving. The generosity of one generation will produce dividends in the, in the next generations, in the succeeding generations. Don't just dry up, don't dry up stuff for yourself. But if you dry it up for you, you're going to dry it up for your descendants, for your children's children. I want my children to be blessed. I want my grandchildren to be blessed. Glory to God. I, I, I hope they come out with something that you, they can write out the check four years in advance and lock it in at the first year price and my children can write out their checks for their grandchildren. Stay connected with us online and in person. Stream our services live on YouTube, Facebook, or on rdci.info via the Watch Live tab on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Wednesdays, stream our Bible study at 12 noon and 7 p.m. On Fridays, Women's Bible Study airs at 12 p.m. If you're in our local area, join us for services in Columbia, South Carolina at 3506 Bart River Road. If you're in Orangeburg, Florence, or Fort Mill areas, join us for live services there. To find out more about individual campus service times and locations, visit our website at rdci.info.